did 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 to do and welcome to into more important issues. Excuse me. It is Monday, July eighth. I know we're coming at you guys a day late. Birthdays, anniversaries, Fourth of July. We had a long weekend. It was a good weekend. It was a good weekend. Landon's second anniversary. Second anniversary. Not mine and his. His him and his wife's. <laughs> um, That's but, coming up. <laughs> yeah, it is coming up. Um, but so they were busy celebrating that. I had birthday just uh, birthday to uh, celebrate. So. Busy weekend, and then obviously the fourth. Hope you guys had a wonderful holiday. Hope you guys enjoyed all that. Spending time with your family, spending time with friends. Yeah, that's what it's about. Saturday was fun. Yeah, we did go. We went out. On, I don't know if you guys got to go out on the lake or by the pool or whatever it may be, but we did. We had a great time. It was hot. My knee <laughs> is cut up from that slip and slide. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's like little cuts too. It's really weird. The head, I've got pants on, so I that can't. slip and slide was it was awesome. It was awesome, but it was definitely like. A disaster waiting to happen. That's for oh yeah. Too. <laughs> and Caleb is the only person that went down without a tube twice. It wasn't that bad. That, three times, right? Because I went it? all the way down without a tube one time. And then, yeah, and then you followed us down when we all jumped on it. The first time I pushed someone down and like I accidentally pushed them off to the right because the way it was shaped, and then I just went down. I was like, ah, screw it. And then the second, the, yeah, the third time I couldn't get, catch you guys in time. <laughs> I'll just try running. And I could hear you behind us. <laughs> I was like, ah, it's probably like the, I'm trying to, it's probably a guy chasing his car down a hill and he forgot to put <laughs> yeah. or something. It's probably what it looked like. But yeah, so that, it was a fun weekend though. I had a good time. Um, celebrated the fourth right. Had a, um, grilled out some dogs, you know. Some dogs. Some dogs. They're good dogs. They were. They were. And yeah. then Jesse pulled out some beans out of the fridge. Who knows how long they've been there. No, they were delicious. I don't know. <laughs> I think they were from the fourth, like from, oh, okay. yeah, from that Thursday. I'm okay. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the episode, guys, I'm going to tell you guys about my friends at my bookie. Since we started this show, I get asked all sorts of questions about who to bet on and who to bet with. I don't always know who's going to win, but I know where to go. The answer is my bookie between their live in-game betting, endless props and fantasy sports wagers. There's something for everyone with the best player perks in the sports sports book business. They've been good to us and we know they'll be good to you. They're hooking our listeners up all month. If you visit mybookie.ag and use the promo code ISSUE when creating your account to claim, up to, uh, claim your 50% bonus, laying down $100, you've now got an extra $50 to play with. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G, promo code ISSUE. You play, you win, you get paid. I just made a deposit today because I'm betting on the home run derby. Oh, who'd you pick? Can you I tell? Went, huh? Can you tell people? I don't, I don't know. know if I'm allowed. <laughs> um... I'll tell you this, who I would bet on because of the odds. And I'm not saying I bet this person, but because of the odds, I bet on Acuna. 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 Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm not, I don't know the names. But the odds are good. Um, that's that's a like good him. pick. Uh, he's got some of the uh, better odds, or the, not the better odds, but like better odds for your money. Um, some of the worst odds to win it. Um, and he is playing one of the better guys in in the first round. I do hate how they do that. That kind of makes it harder to – I feel like if it was just, like, by how many you hit personally, mm-hmm. I feel like he might have a better chance, like, if you look at him against everybody. But he plays Josh Bell in the first round. That's going to be a good matchup because Josh Bell's solid. But Acuna is athletic, and I feel like he's it, it is about power, but it's also about endurance. I was going to say, he's, he can go for a while, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah for sure. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that's that's the case. Um, but yeah, so head on over to my bookie, deposit that 
if uh, it's, your first, it's your first time getting in, fifty percent bonus. Um, they've also, if you if you're on our, my bookie already, go check out their bonuses tab. Um, it's just a couple tabs over, and they've got a bunch of like uh, new. Um, if you're a current you uh, if you got a current account, you can still um, get a few good bonuses in there if you're reloading uh, money into there. So check that out. My bookie's awesome, guys. Excited to work with them, especially with football season coming up. Um, a lot of bets to be made, a lot of money to be won, but only at my bookie. So check them out. Go check them out. So football season's right around the corner, like I said. We're continuing our p- position preview series. We're looking in the secondary, safeties in particular. I think this is one of the more exciting positions, um, not just on the defense, but on the team this year. Because you've got some experience there with some young talent, and then but because of what our rosters looked like the last two years, Experience as well. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's, it's definitely one of the more veteran groups there. Even though, even though you still probably start a sophomore um, in Trayvon Flowers, but you you have Nigel Warrior who has been there, um, been the starter for two years, and um, I think he's been solid. He, he's been a good leader for us. He's not probably been everything we want him to be, mm-hmm. um, but he's he's a good tackler. He's good. Um, in run support, he had 64 tackles last year. I think that was second on the team. Um, so, been a solid player. You know, his ball skills have been kind of iffy. He's dropped a lot of interceptions. I feel like we've lacked ball skill, honestly, since like Todd Kelly's freshman year. Yeah. I feel like his freshman year, everything hit him in the hands. And then, um, sorry about that, guys. Did y'all hear that, or was it just a my? I don't know. I didn't hear. Uh, okay, cool. It was on vibrate. I was like, I don't know why I heard it though. Um, but you know, he was able. He was kind of just the ball hit him everywhere. He was always in the right place on the field. And then since that, who's kind of been that guy? Um, yeah. Last year, oh my gosh. Um, Alante Taylor had a few kind of bounce his way, but not necessarily just in pat. Like he picked up. The, I think he had the fumble pickup against. Auburn, for, yeah, yeah, yeah he so he had a couple of those kind of kind of happen that way. So maybe that'll be. But yeah, we we haven't had kind of that ball hawk ball fa- ball falls to him kind of guy since probably Todd Kelly's freshman year. Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes with confidence. If you're thinking so much about where you're supposed to be, that that takes into effect you catching the football. Yeah. Um. So I, I feel like last season was a big transition period for a lot of these guys, um, learning new defense and everything. So look for this team. To be much improved, uh, I think, with the addition of Derek Ansley uh, will be huge for them. And also, Jeremy Pruitt, just being around the defense a lot more will definitely help out. Right, right. Well, I mean, and it seems to be that he enjoys working with the secondary, which I kind of always look for them to improve to. Yeah. Even though I don't know that – I don't necessarily think they have a ton of room. But we also – what was the stat this year? We saw the uh, – we were like the second ranked in the last four weeks, but everybody just ran on us. So right. It didn't matter. And, and that could be the same this year with so many question marks uh, on our defensive line, you know, that we might not see a lot of. <laughs> we might look really good in the secondary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but I, I think this is a big year for Nigel Warrior, especially he has that NFL-type body um, to play safety. You know, will it transition on the field? Right. That, that, that's definitely a question mark. And then Trayvon Flowers Hasn't played a lot of football in his life, just played his senior year of high school and was committed to Kentucky um, to play baseball and then came onto the scene as a, you know, a three-star recruit. And Clemson really wanted him. Tennessee ended up getting him. Um, but he's he's putting more of that focus into football now. He's not mm-hmm. – I don't think he's 
I think he's kind of done with baseball. He didn't play this past season. Um, not really sure what that was. We didn't really I hear mean, anything about it. He just never was on the baseball roster. Right, and we expected him to be, I think. I mean, we we talked about that a little bit after football season heading into baseball and kind of accept, expected him to be there, excuse me, and um, like you said, never was on the roster. But And that could have been, I think you mentioned this a few episodes ago, that could have been, you know, looking forward, he was probably – almost guaranteed that starting spot in the, in the secondary. So yeah. it may have been that you just need to be around the team, around the game more. Or may, and I don't know if Pruitt was necessarily swaying him away from baseball by saying that. I mean, he could have been very easily. But he also could have just been like, you know, if you're, if, if you're looking to really take your football career somewhere, this may be the better move for where you're at as far as football goes. You, yeah. You need to improve a lot if you want it to take you somewhere. So you kind of decide what. And that may be the case. Yeah, I think – with him, he has the intangibles. He has the athletic ability. Um, you know, he hasn't played that much football, but he was a starter for us. So, you know, it's there. I, I think it's just playing more football is going to be his biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Last year, he, he missed five games due to injury. Um, so, if he's able to stay healthy, I, I look for him to be much improved. He was actually one of my ma- breakout players um, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago whenever we did that. But um, then after him, that's when you're like, hmm. Who's next? Yeah, because, I mean, you have guys like um, Theo Jackson who hasn't had a huge impact but is a a solid um, reserve back there. And then Sean Schamberger played a lot his freshman year and hasn't really seen much of him since then. He's just a junior this year, though, right? Right, So, we just missed him. He just never really got much last year is what it was, right? Right, and he he played around. He played in that – I think he could be that nickelback. He could be another cornerback. I don't really know where he's supposed to be, but look for him. I think he spent much of spring um, as a safety, so look for him to, to be an option back there. You have Malik Gray, who's been all over the place, receiver, cornerback. Now he's back at safety. Um, Cheyenne LaBruza. Uh, Jalen McCullough, he, he's one of my um, – one of the guys I'm really excited with with this freshman class, he had two picks in the orange and white game, so look for him to get some reps early. Um, came from a good high school. And then Aaron Beasley was is also a, another three-star freshman coming in. Um, from Heard County, led them to a state championship. And he played running back and linebacker and I think some sec- some secondary positions in, at, um, in high school. Um, so I don't really know. He wasn't an early enrollee, so I don't really know exactly where they're wanting to put him, but look right. for him to be an option back there as well. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I like Jalen McCullough. You mentioned him. I, I like him a lot to come in and make a, um, at least somewhat of an immediate impact. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not saying he's taking starting jobs or even playing significant playing time, but I think he'll help us in the secondary this year. I think look look for him to do that. Yeah, and with Tennessee running so many um, defensive back, you know, they run like they rarely have just four defensive backs on the field mm-hmm. at one time. It's usually five, you know, sometimes even six, which is crazy to think about. But um, hopefully not this year if we can get the D-line and yeah. linebacker settled in. Hopefully that's not – I mean, obviously there there may be scenarios that call for it, but like mm-hmm. you said, it seems like a lot of the time there we had those weird formations defensively. Yeah, and if those are your playmakers, then I guess you got to have them on the field. Um but yeah, I mean, look, look for guys like Jalen McCullough to to make it an immediate impact. Even if it's not at safety, it could be somewhere else in the defensive backfield. Yeah, absolutely. I 
I th- I'm excited. This is, like I said, it's a young group, but there's also experience um, mm-hmm. through that group too. And, and a lot of it was kind of throw into the fire experience. So it's not necessarily the, the best experience, but it is some experience, which is good. Um, it definitely will help them. Even though some few of them were thrown into the fire. Um, I mean, I don't think we've previewed the defensive ba- or the uh, corners, but we talked about them a lot. Yeah. We definitely haven't, um, but we've talked about them a lot this off season. So, and we talked about how excited we are for them. They did well. They were young last year. I think this is another group that was young last year, but they did, you know, did all right. And I think they'll do all right again this year. Um, hopefully more into the good category, right? you know, but I, I think they have the ability to, um, especially with Nigel Warrior kind of being that anchor of it. I, I think that helps a lot. Um, I think look for him to step up in a big way. I, I don't know if he'll necessarily be a captain of this team, but he's definitely going to be a leader in that defensive unit. Yeah. Or he should be, I should say. Yeah, I'm definitely excited about the safeties and not just safeties, the cornerbacks, like you said. Um, but, yeah, it's probably going to come up. The defensive line is what's going to make or break the safety. Yeah, I mean, really good or really bad. It impacts it in such a major way. I mean, look at the year we had um, Barnett and Vereen. I don't think our defensive backs are necessarily any better than this group we have right here. Yeah. But – the pressure they're able to create, you're not killing your secondary by making them work. I mean, it, it's like it's a big difference. Every player we've had on here um, will tell you, game is won in the trenches. I mean, that's not a coincidence, or it's not a coincidence. It's not just cliche. It's very, very, very true. I mean, yeah. that that is crucial. Um, it's what separates us from you know these teams that obliterate us. And I mean, yeah, because there there can be some busted coverages, but if you have a guy like Daryl Taylor coming off the edge and he's hitting the quarterback. Quarterback has to have time to get the ball yeah. out there. So. Yeah, I mean, you can be playing the best coverage in the world, not just the busted coverage, best coverage in the world, and if that quarterback has all the time in the world, a wide receiver is eventually going to get open. Yep. So, yeah, I, it's pretty sad. Uh, hopefully we can kind of figure that out this, this year. I'm excited to see Derek Ansley kind of lead this whole defensive back – or whole defense, I guess. But um, he hasn't been a defensive coordinator yet, so that's, uh, that's going to be a big transition for him. So hopefully he's able to come in here and – well, I think Jeremy Pruitt kind of mentoring him in that will probably be a good thing. Right. I would say. Um, yeah, that's something to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, I think you mentioned, Jeremy, you said it. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt can hopefully spend more with Jim Chaney, a, a offense coordinator who's seasoned and has had that control and done it for a while, um, unlike Tyson Hilton. Hopefully that gives him more time to spend with the defense because we know that's definitely where he'd rather be. Um, so he – you know, that goes into that kind of mentoring aspect of that. Mm-hmm. And I think it just helps our defense all together. And, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's going to – I think Jim Challey is obviously going to help the offense, but I think he also helps the defense by getting a guy in here who's done it before. Yeah. So, um, no doubt of the year, I'm not jumping on the Clemson man wagon. Honestly, didn't think about it. I just looked for a hat on my way out the door, and I was like, oh, I'm going to wear my Tennessee title hat. Wait, he said that was a Clemson hat? No, no, no. I'm wearing the purple and orange. So, oh, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. I should gotcha. jump. I probably should jump on the Clemson bandwagon, but I'm not going yeah. to. I'm not going to. I mean, I do like winning, but not at that cost. Yeah, not no. at that cost. Yeah, it is. That is a good thing. Is it is a Tennessee hat? But yeah, I see where the confusion could come. Mm, yeah, <laughs> see where it could come. Gotcha. Um, speed. We're gonna stay on the uh, football track for a minute. We're gonna talk about the biggest game this fall. I assume when Landon Hamlin is outlined, he meant biggest game for not just the Vols, but also Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean you, I, you, I can, you can make it kind of what, what you want. Right, right, I took some liberties. You guys tell us what you think the biggest games are this fall. 
Um, for me, it, it's kind of there's kind of two. Well, I don't know if you might want to want just one biggest. One, I, I kind of have two as well, or two yeah. of like the the main games that I think at this point are half to wins. And I'll, I'll say the first one. I'll go ahead and lead off this one because it wasn't a half to win back in probably May April. But what's happened this off season? I think it's become a must win, and it's Florida. Okay, and I, I know that sounds crazy. You're going into the swamp. You're coming off one of the worst years in Tennessee history. Not the worst, but I mean, it was a tough year. You did beat Auburn. That's good. Um, so I, I'm sorry. I'm, I stretched that. Not the worst year by far. Um, you had a lot of bad years, same similar years with Dewey, and then obviously the four and seven season or four and uh, eight season with Butch slash um, oh whatever the interim's name is, all caps guy. Uh, can't think of his Hoke. name. Brady Hoke. <laughs> Brady Hoke. Couldn't <clears throat> think of his name right now. Um, but yeah, I think I think Florida with the off season they're having, they're just they're they're losing a ton of momentum for their team, and um, and it's not just it started to not just be the freshmen that are coming in. Um, they're losing some guys that have been on the team for a while. Yeah, it's it's becoming harder. Um, you just harder. hate to see it, right? Do what you just hate to see it. <laughs> you hate to see it, <laughs> but it's becoming harder and harder for them to look at them and go, "That's a tough team to beat." I'm putting this game out there. And I, I mean, it doesn't say we're not listed as biggest game you must win. I think you need to win it for in terms of from my perspective. I think with the way the team's doing it, I don't know how y'all feel about it. Don't know how you feel about it. Florida's definitely not a gimme win by any means. But it it just seems really crucial at the time. Can you go in and beat a team that's on their heels? Yeah. And you get them early in the season. I mean, they're not going to have a ton of momentum coming in. What do they play? Their three cupcake games before us. So, I I, I think this is turned with the with the way the off season is going. If it's not turned into it by now, it probably will by then. Into a must win. Yeah. I think my biggest must win for Jeremy Pruitt will definitely be. South Carolina. Okay. Um, we, we've lost the last three to South Carolina, um, and they haven't been much better than us. I think the combined scores are like the last three games have been a combined 12-point difference. Yeah, I think the biggest difference between us and South Carolina the last few years um, is quarterback play. Yeah. So you look at that year, the, last, the Josh Dobbs year. That week was a tough week for Tennessee overall. You, you had – a lot of just weird stuff going on in the program. But I think if you take that out, Josh Dobbs kind of takes over and wins that game. I think Josh Dobbs, I mean, it's very clear Josh Dobbs won the previous games for us. Yep. Well, then, you know, the last two years, what have you not had? Really good quarterback play. And what's Carolina had consistent quarterback play. But, yeah, I, I agree in terms of it's a, it's a very winnable game. Um, and you see it as a must win. I see it as a must win just because um, – Maybe I don't think of Florida as so much as a must win because it is in Gainesville. Now, if it, it was is. at home, I would I would see it in a much more yeah, must win. The being in the being in Gainesville does steer me off of it. It's just I think this is a team. It, it's not like they can gain momentum by being a big opponent before they play mm-hmm. you. That that's kind of what draws it in for me. But yeah, I agree. It being in Gainesville does kind of steer you off of the must win. I think it's I think it's a big game because. You can't go into Gainesville and get blown out. No, that is certainly not the case. Right. You can't. Um, Dad of the Year has Mississippi State. He, he says it's a trap game. I don't necessarily disagree. Um, oh, this is Charlie. Dad of the Year, 420. He's, he's got an old username. That makes sense. Um, hey, Charlie. Um, and then uh, Luke Thomas has MSU and BYU. He thinks are must-wins. BYU, yes, is a must-win. Okay. I almost don't even want to say it aloud. 
because I feel like we you got to go. I mean, I also had BYU is one of most wins. I'll, I'll finish up with South Carolina just because um, we were talking about it. But South Carolina is kind of the end of that gauntlet. It is, yeah. Um, you can get out of it. Yeah. And feel good if you get that one. Right. Because you get Florida, Georgia, Mississippi State, Alabama, South Carolina. And as much as, you know, the Florida, I don't think, I don't know about Georgia, but Florida, Mississippi State are winnable games. They're also a losable game. I, I don't know if Georgia's a winnable game. Yeah. But I think it's certainly a game that you can hold on to and at least not let get out of control. Yep. And, and I think this is Jake Bentley's last season. He's embarrassed us. I don't think he's that great of a quarterback. He's consistent. That's yeah. It. He's, he's probably better than what we have. I, I would say yes. Yeah. I'd I, say yes. I, I, I say that lightly. I'm, and I don't even necessarily mean the natural talent. But yeah. as far as just quarterback goes, I would say he's better. And, and that winning, like he, he just wins yeah. games, especially you, against us. You don't need to have the best stats if you win games. Right. Um, and I think Muschamp, is, he's been that defensive guru, but it hasn't been South Carolina's defense that's beat us. Not necessarily, no. It's oh, like last year they just ran the ball down our throat. Right. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't Jake Bentley either. It was just they were – we were that bad. Right. So, I, I think it ends – I think we have the coaching staff to match up well with South Carolina, which we have matched up well the past three meetings um, that we've lost. And But now I think we have an over-the-top – we have the advantage at probably uh, – I would say our two coordinators are better than our two coordinators. I would say that. Uh, offensive, yes. Defensive, I'm not willing to say that. Well, I, I kind of think of Jeremy, Jeremy Pruitt as our defensive if, coordinator. If we're running off that, then yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, my next one, and it's tough to call this the biggest game, but you have to because of the record the last few years, kind of similar to South Carolina. Vanderbilt. Yeah. This is a – the reason I say it's biggest, I, say, you know, I said it before we got into this in terms of – I thought of biggest in terms of Jeremy Pruitt, not just the team. Jeremy Pruitt. If you don't win this game, your seat – is red hot. Oh, yeah. I can promise you there'll be some guys calling fire Jeremy Pruitt on their Twitter headlines. There's no doubt in my mind. And yeah. I don't necessarily blame them. But, yeah, it, it sucks you got to call that a biggest game, but we got to beat them before we can overlook them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I mean, you they come to Knoxville this year, which is nice for you. Go and take care of business against Vanderbilt. You're more talented than them. There's no doubt in my mind. I think the season kind of seeming like it was over did hurt us a little bit, but that when you're playing, a, again, it's like I say, when you're playing a rival, you have to get up for it, whatever the stakes yeah. are in that game. And um, yeah, that, that, that can't be a disappointment. Vanderbilt can't be a disappointment no matter what the season's been like. Yeah. They can't keep you. They can, they can never keep you out of a new year's six bowl ever again. That cannot be what happens. Right. Not, not adding Jeremy Pruitt right now, but yeah, that, that stinks to say it's one of our biggest games, but I think it is just because of the implications it potentially could hold at that point in the season and then the implications it could hold for Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, and I would say I would say BYU, but I'm going to go a little bit further now. I'm going to say Georgia State just because that is our first game. Set the tone. Don't be a boring exactly. cupcake game. you you got to set the tone for the rest of the season. you got to give these fans something they want to come to more games yeah. about. I mean – Show your whole hand if that's what it takes to beat them sixty three to nothing. Yeah, like Jeremy or Lane Kiffin's first game against Western Kentucky, it was fun to watch. I mean, it was. I the RC that team necessarily wasn't necessarily better than this team, but it was fun to watch. Yeah, I mean they were probably more. They were probably deeper. We weren't in trouble yet, so in terms of our program, but they probably weren't 
I'd have to go look at it again. The quarterback wasn't better. And I like Crompton, but he wasn't better than Garantano. I mean, I look at 2016 when we played Appalachian State, and, I mean, we had a ton of NFL talent on that roster. And for it, and I'm not saying Appalachian State was a terrible opponent. They weren't. They weren't 7-0 with us, though. Yeah, no. Or whatever it ended up being, 10-7. to <laughs> What was the final? I don't know. It wasn't that. It wasn't that low. No, it wasn't. It was something low though, because it it was bad. It was a depressing game. Yeah, but to go into overtime, they weren't yeah. they weren't that good no. to go into overtime with. It was twenty to thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Okay. Yep. That shows how much I didn't want to remember that game. I remember that going down seven zero, and it was an unfortunate start in terms of the fumble. Gave them great field position on their set, technically their second offensive drive, and uh, Dallas. Get putting his head in between his legs. We're gonna lose to Appalachian State. We're terrible. <laughs> we suck. Dallas, there are 12 minutes left in the first quarter, and we're down seven to nothing. It's gonna yeah. be all right, buddy. I was wrong. That season ended up really sucking. Yeah, but that was the game that kept us out of the um, the Sugar Bowl, the Vanderbilt game. So yeah, I, I think that's got to be one of the bigger ones. Um, Luke Thomas, I believe it was Luke that said he believes Georgia's more winnable than Florida. I. The I mean the only I think they're I'm not gonna say, I'm not willing to say that's more winnable I just this Florida team they were somewhat talented but not much more talented than us last year mm-hmm. they weren't much more talented than us um, and mean, with the, that game you're the gonna biggest s- the biggest thing in that game was six turnovers and the big thing with Georgia you're gonna see how big of an asset Jim Chaney really is. Oh, certainly. But that offense is still very talented, too. Oh, yeah. So. They have a lot more talent than Florida does. Yeah. Uh, and, and I would say he probably is just saying that. I'm not being mean or anything, but he's probably just saying that because we play Georgia at home and Florida's away. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah. that, that that might be a reason why he's saying that. No, that makes sense. I mean, definitely. I mean, the only reason, again, that I put Florida there is just because of I don't think they'll have any momentum going into it. I don't see how you would, unless you're able to just really get your team going and beat every single opponent that you play before us really soundly and confidently, which is mm-hmm. possible. Yep. I feel like Florida always takes care of business. Not always, but most of the time. Better than Tennessee right. takes care of business in those games. And then um, it is in Gainesville, and that's not an easy win ever, but Butch Jones almost did it in the worst year in Tennessee history. You're a freaking Philip Frank 60-yard bomb and um, Abernathy – dropping into coverage away from beating Florida in this one. <laughs> and that was a terrible team. That was a bad team. So Thank God for John Kelly. We probably wouldn't have won a game. No. I mean, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, if Abernathy just doesn't get let a man run behind him on the freaking last play of the game. <laughs> Good God. How? <laughs> <laughs> I, still, I still don't know how it happened. I don't either. That's why I yelled that so many times. <laughs> I'm glad. I, I, told, I told him I'd cheer against him in the NFL that day. <laughs> If he ever got there, I didn't yeah. think it was going to happen. But if he ever did. <laughs> who knows? I mean, Justin Coleman's showing out. He wasn't that good here. Uh, I feel like he was. I feel like he was underrated at Tennessee. He was definitely better than Abernathy. Yeah, yeah, he was underrated. I mean, I'm not going to willing to call him great or anything, but he was underrated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> moving into recruiting news, I promise we cheer for Tennessee players. <laughs> that was a bad day overall. I mean, watching a quarterback named Philip Franks heave a 60 yard bomb. I think it was 62, wasn't it? It's not ridiculous. I don't want to know what it was. It was stupid. That was, mm. We had such a good day that day. The burgers were good. The beer was cold. Yep. All we had to do was beat Florida in the swamp. <laughs> it's going to be 11 more years, isn't it? 
I hope not. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Hopefully it's this year. Uh, I hope so, too. I hope so. We'll see. Um, recruiting news. So, we the last time we talked, we had a 2021 cornerback um, commit. That's Jay Jones out of Demopolis, Alabama. Um, committed to Tennessee. Um, I think he – he came to Tennessee um, May 31st, and then Tennessee offered him there, and then he committed um, on the 4th. So, big commit. Um, if he's not yet rated yet, he probably will, I'd say. Once you get that tennis, once you get a big Power 5 commitment, you usually yeah, – um, that recruitment really picks up. Right. Um, now that's Tennessee's third commitment of this 2021 class. They're currently ranked 13th nationally in that 2021 class. So they currently have four-star wide receiver Jordan Mosley, um, three-star running back um, slash athlete Elijah Howard, and then added Jay Jones. So three commits already. It's a good way to start that 2021 class. Yeah, maybe we won't be freaking out, you know, this time next year when we don't have – or I guess like two months ago next year when yeah we don't have any, <laughs> any commits or what feels like no commits. And uh, – so, staying with football, um, the 2019 class – or, sorry, 2020 class, um, Tennessee had some guys in the opening finals. That was Cooper Mays, Keyshawn Lawrence, and Harrison Bailey. All looked pretty good. Um, everything I read about each one of those guys was um, – they they looked like they should. Um, they looked good. Harrison Bailey looked good in the Elite 11. Um, Keyshawn Lawrence looked good at safety. From what I read about him, that he just looks the part. Um, and, and everybody likes to be right around him. He has that natural um, leadership quality about him. So, I think that's good to have him as your top recruit in this class right now. Right. And they, a, a big headliner is nice to have. Right. And, and then Cooper Mays um, was actually like – they made like a team. I think 247 did like a, a team of the opening, like they're all-stars or whatever. And Cooper Mays actually made it. Um, he was the lowest rated one that actually made that one. So look for his um, ratings to go up. Uh, I think he's a solid – he's put on a lot of weight um, to really play that center position. I think be more um, versatile that he could maybe play guard or even tackle. I think he's a solid um, solid offensive lineman and uh, – I'm really excited to see him play around the Knoxville area this season. Hopefully, we get to go to a couple games. Yeah, absolutely. And then – Got to find those Friday night times. Yeah. Hey, we don't have to go set up the tailgate on Fridays anymore, so that's good. Yeah, maybe we go to the Thursday night ones. <laughs> we can rest the Friday night ones. Um, and then basketball. Uh, Keon Johnson um, announced that he will – um, I think he already announced that he was going to do it, make his decision on um, August 6th. But he said he put a, I guess, a reaffirming time that he's going to do it this, um, at this time, this place. Um, and anybody's welcome to come. But he is the number one player in Tennessee for that 2020, 2020 class um, out of Bell Buckle, Tennessee. He goes to the Web School. Which I've never heard of before. I heard of Web in Knoxville, but not I, the Web School. I knew about what the Web School uh, of Bell Buckle. Probably mainly just because I knew about 
uh, Webb, but yeah. Okay. I knew about it. Gotcha. So. Well, he's the thirty. He's the number 31 player in this class and probably Tennessee's biggest headliner that they're kind of going after in this class. And uh, we will see. August 6th, um, I think his finalists are Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio State. Nice. And that's all I got for recruiting. It's kind of slow right now because yeah. it's dead period. But say, is it still dead period? They go back – they went back today, actually. Okay. I think yeah, today was their first day back. Yeah. Say, I, thought, I thought Dead Period ended today. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, it's about to pick up once again. Um, moving on to Vols in the NBA <laughs> Summer League in Vegas. Did you see, before we get into that, did you see the earthquake go on during the, who was it, the Suns maybe? And the Yeah. Was it the Suns and the Pelicans, their game? I saw that. A little, a little scary. Like The speakers were swaying. It's very scary, but um, I'd be running out that. Yeah, place. for real. Everybody looked really calm, except the fans did not. But the players looked like, yeah, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but other than that, um, three Vols officially participating. Did I see Alexander was participating with the Heat though? Yes. Okay. So, but have they played yet? I forgot to check that. Yeah, he's actually played five games so far. Oh, has he? Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So Kyle Alexander, Schofield, Jarno Stokes, Grant Williams, and now Jordan Bowen made his debut today. Yes, he did. Um. Grant, man, I, I was talking to someone yesterday and I said, man, Grant might make me rethink my whole who has the highest ceiling in the NBA. You just can't take basketball IQ for granted. He yeah. just looked like he knew everything that was going on on the court at all times. And I think he has just that, again, I was talking that about Keyshawn Lawrence and his natural leadership quality. Mm-hmm. That's Grant Williams to a T. Right. Absolutely. And, and it, it's fun to just watch him. They had him mic'd up the other night of him just coaching up guys. And um, from what we've seen, like different videos and stuff, that him and that class that came in with the Celtics are really close uh-huh. uh, already. Um, and I think that's – I think they're 2-0 and already. Uh-huh. So, Grant Williams, you know, he, he might not be the best player on your roster, but, you know, he, he could be there for a long time and you're – you know what you're going to get out of him. Right. And, and you I, get everything he's got, every play. I mean, when you look at his stats the other night, he recorded just about every stat you can. Four for eight from field goal range, two for four from three-point range, 12 points, six rebounds, two assists, two steals, and two blocks. Yep. I mean, he's all over the court. I, You just can't – I don't know. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. It's, it sucks not to have him in orange anymore. I mean, happy to be – you know, make money in the NBA. It's just – you would have loved to have him for four years. Would have loved to have him for um, – you know, that that last year of his career. That's He's just nice. fine from three. Just fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I was actually – I feel like I said that a lot of people are like, I mean, he's got to get his – I was like, I feel like he's good from three. He's just got to have the confidence to do it. Yeah. Spread the floor. Yep. He'll be all right. He's going to be all right in the NBA. And then Kyle Alexander, um, he's played in five games, which is crazy because Grant and Admiral have only played one. Right. So, so, so is – does it start earlier for the guys who don't get drafted? How does that work? I don't. I know that um, Miami played in some like little tournament or whatever because um, they're not just playing NBA teams. I know that okay. like China has a team that a couple teams play and, and and different stuff like that. So um, through five games, Kyle Alexander is put um, had averaging thirteen point eight minutes, three point six points, four point six rebounds, one point two blocks, and is a uh, seven for eighteen from the field. Uh, four for four from the free throw line. In the last two games, he's averaged um, six rebounds per game. So. Oh, nice. Where man gets paid. Yeah, and he had he 
his last game, yeah, I think he had 21 minutes. Um, so I feel like it, it's it's picking up a lot more right. for him as this summer league kind of goes on. And then Schofield, he had a solid game. Uh, yeah. Nine points, um, 24 minutes, five rebounds, one assist, three for six from field, um, one for three from three, and then two for two from the free throw line. And then St- Jarno Stokes is with the Portland Trailblazers. I, don't I, didn't, know I didn't realize he's with the Trailblazers now. Yep. Um, so he is – he's played two games. Um, he's averaging 19.3 minutes per game, uh, 5.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, two assists, one block is four for eight from the field. Um, and then, like, you, you read Grant's stats a second ago. And, you know, I feel like all these guys have um, the tools to make an NBA roster. Hopefully they um, – yeah, Jarnell Stokes is getting older, and just I think he was on a roster a couple years ago for a little while. Mm-hmm. Just I think for like, the Heat, actually. Yeah, I think so too. And, and just seemed like it was never gonna. Uh, seemed like he just couldn't really crack that. I think he was in the G League, and and just couldn't move up, get that final jump. Maybe moving to a different team helps him, but he is getting older. Yeah, um, I think he put. I think he spent last season overseas, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yep. So I, I think I've I've seen that too. Um, one thing about him is is just the NBA has transitioned to uh, spread the floor. So right. there's not – I mean, Grant Williams is the type of player who can body somebody in the paint, but he can also step out and shoot a right. three. Right. I mean, that's the difference between him and Jarnell. Right. right. But, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'm not saying it's not possible for Jarnell, but I think everybody else has a – everybody else you talked about has a better chance than Jarnell Stokes. Um, maybe not so much Alexander. If he can – create a presence down low and get rebounds though. And he's a good defender. Yeah, he is. Um, he, he can go out on the perimeter and, and defend somebody. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, th- I think a lot of the, I mean, it's, it's encouraging to see them doing decent in the summer league and some of them doing well. Um, I don't, we were just watching before we started um, Jordan Bone with the, with the uh, Pistons, but, or yeah, the Pistons. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's good to see them all doing well. Uh, most of them have only played one game. Yep. So, I mean, still a lot to play. Um, but pretty good to see the Vols that, uh, you know, hope you know. Well, I think a lot of people thought, especially Grant Williams, was overrated, which is crazy. He won two SEC Player of the Years, was a consensus All-American. He's not, Overrated would never be the right word. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, they said his game couldn't translate. Now he's hitting threes. It looks like his game is going to translate. You know, did you see him at least a role player, which is what we expect him to be? Did you see him destroy that guy the other night? I think he was a 76ers. I don't think I saw him destroy. I saw him, uh, the, like his first touch of the game, he went and two hand slammed it. Yeah. Well, so one guy was running down the court, and Grant just like stood his ground, and the dude just like went flying. Really? Yeah. Just absolutely. They, was there any call at all? No, not on that. The guy, I think, tried to throw it. Okay. And threw it out of bounds, and he just like kept running, and Grant just stood there, and just. Who did he get the game winning charge against? Who was that? It was a bowl. We were not getting calls that game. Who was it? I can't remember. It wasn't Vanderbilt. It was. was it? it was Schofield that took the game winning charge. It wasn't Grant. Yeah, it was Schofield. Right. It, was it Vanderbilt? It wasn't. I can't remember, but it was bowling. Was it South Carolina? I don't remember. But yeah, that was okay. So a different guy, but again, a very, very bold play for sure. Um, you got anything else for balls in the NBA before I move on here? No, I'm, um, I'm definitely excited to see this NBA season with um, free agency has kind of put a 
I don't know how you would say it. Kind of put like balance toward the NBA. There's no like team that has just a far better team than anybody else. Yeah, I think this NBA season will be more fun. I'll definitely, personally, I'll be watching a lot more just because of the balls that'll be in it. Um, I actually added the 76ers to like my favorite team on my, D, my I guess my DVR today. Mm-hmm. So um, I expect to watch more NBA. I don't, we'll see if I can do it. I mean, I've already watched, I think, three summer league games now. So Ole Miss. I mean, I'm moving on Ole Miss. Okay. So uh, I, I'm getting there, I think. Um, but moving on, I'm going to – Landon put World Cup on here, which I was very surprised about. Didn't think that was going to happen. I do want to mention – I just though, thought you would like that. That's, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited. But before I jump into that, we're going to do a little talking soccer here. I'm taking and running with it, guys. Um, Vol Soccer actually <laughs> – I messed up giving you the opportunity. <laughs> you did. Vol Soccer, Lady Vol Soccer released their 2019 schedule today. Um, real quick on just kind of what it entails – uh, five of Tennessee's SEC matchups will be against 2018 tournament participants. Um, they will go to at they will go to Vanderbilt and South Carolina, um, who were both ranked in the top 25. Um, they're out of conference schedule. I don't really know how these teams are ranked, but they definitely got some. A few of them have some uh, soccer names that you know are quality and Fordham, Mercer, Rutgers, Columbia. They do play Southeastern Louisiana, Cincinnati, UMass, UC Davis. So several good quality soccer schools on that list. Um, and then obviously playing inside the SEC isn't easy. Tennessee brought in the top five recruiting class. I don't remember the exact number. Brought in a really quality recruiting class. A couple of gra- or a couple transfers, not just grad transfers, but a couple transfers in that uh, can really help this team who uh, who had a quality year, finishing 16-3-3. and I think they'll have another really good year under Brian Pinsky. Super excited for those games. If you are a soccer fan, or maybe if you're not, you find yourself – um, you know, wanting to get into it, those games are free. So go check them out. I mean, there's, you know, nothing to lose there. Um, go check them out. And um, especially like a Friday, I know on Friday, a lot of Friday nights I'd go down and we'd have to set up our tailgating spot and I'd just, I'd run over and catch those games. And uh, sometimes the Sunday afternoon games are hard to get to, but uh, like I said, they're free. So go check them out, Lady Balls. And they're good too. They are. I expect them to have another good year this year. Um, got a lot of, you do return a lot of talent. You do, you do lose Bunny Shaw. Um, but you return a lot of talent, and um, I, I expect – don't know how far they'll go. Um, you just kind of don't know with what the SEC has and what the um, uh, all-around the country have, but I do expect another quality year. Um, I mean, definitely the you know the Elite Eight is not easy to come by. Um, so and, and then you lost to Stanford, uh, who, again, soccer name. You, you know they're going to be good each year. Uh, but, yeah. Wanted to bring that up since it was released today. I wanted to talk. I wanted to let you guys know about that if you don't keep up. Or how many games do they play like in the season? Um, in the season, it's they play like as much as baseball, or is no, it? no, 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 no. Okay. It's like fifteen. I oh, okay. I can't it's not real quick, actually. Regular season, and then they do play an SEC tournament and then an NCAA tournament. Okay. Um, let's see. They've got. I was just curious. <clears throat> I didn't know how eighteen long. games on the regular season this year. Gotcha. And, I, I mean, those could be – I don't think they have exhibitions. Do they have any, like, tournaments that they're in? No, they don't do they, – there may be tournaments out there, but they don't have any like that. Gotcha. Um, yeah, they, they don't. Um, I, the, the soccer schedule is kind of weird because, I mean, it's just – it's funny. Last year the girls got knocked out in the – I think it was technically the second round of the SEC tournament, but they had a first-round bye, I believe. I'm trying to remember this exactly. And, uh, I mean, they still went to the NCAA tournament, obviously, because of the year they had. Yeah. It's almost like, at that point, it's almost better to, especially with the way our roster worked last year, where we weren't 
we weren't very deep. It's almost better just if you're guaranteed to get in the NCAA tournament, just lose that first game and you're not having to wear yourself out for. And is the SEC nice. dominant in soccer as well? Dominant, no, but good quality. Okay. A, a higher ranked team. You do have the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12 are all very quality. Um, I'm not saying they're better than the SEC. SEC's up there though. I think last year the SEC finished with two or three teams inside the top ten of girls women's soccer. So it's not like <laughs> softball. Where like no, every no, no. SEC team is in the top twenty-five. Yeah, um, no, there's there's plenty of quality teams in the SEC, but no, not not every team's necessarily in that. I I would, I mean, I'd go out on a limb and say just about every SEC team that does have the ability to. I mean, okay, they're top twenty-five, maybe not, but up there on the the upper end of of schools. Gotcha. Top yeah, top twenty-five is definitely. I feel like that might be a stretch, but they're they're up there. Um, you do have. I don't know for the softball. I mean, I assume probably softball Pac-12 is pretty dominant as well. Yeah. Um, where, does the, where does the ACC stand? I'm going to go ahead and assume the Big Ten isn't good. At- UCLA, Arizona, um, yeah. those teams are good in softball. So the women actually, uh, Lady Vols knocked Arizona out of the NCAA tournament last year. So. Gotcha. Yeah. So, they, yeah, I'll give you an example. of like Pac-12 schools are around. Yeah. Um, we'll, talk, we'll talk about more Lady Like I said, I expect to talk more about it because I expect them to be good. So, We'll talk about it plenty, and uh, hopefully all positives and only positives. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we want, we want to talk about World Cup. Um, obviously, the women won it. Ooh. And just to read off, this is insane. They never trailed for the entire tournament. They broke the record for most goals scored in 26. Um, they only allowed three, which is the least amount besides Germany, who only had three as well. So they tied for the least amount. They beat the second, third, and fourth place team on their way to the trophy. And they beat the host, France, who was also one of the favorites to win it. So, it was not an easy tournament run. They took care of business. Yep. I mean, the greatest – I think this is the best, which is insane because there's been so many good U.S. teams. But to make a dominant run like that – and some of their games you watched and you didn't necessarily think that. But when you make a dominant run like that, how can you deny them? The be- the greatest U.S. soccer team of all yeah. time. So, I was, the, I was watching place. yesterday um, – and then it went to halftime, and I went to Myrtle's Chicken Ooh. for my anniversary. Um, and you got me hungry now. And then they were up two nothing. I was yeah. like, "What the heck?" I, it was like fifteen minutes. I drove down the road, and they were already up two. I mean, I thought we were going to score five goals in that fifteen minute span that you're talking about. Like we, after our PK, I mean, it was just a bombardment of attacks. Yeah. So, and, um, and the first half I watched, it, it seemed like. And I don't know that much about soccer, but it looked like the U.S. controlled the ball. Um, it looked like it was always on our side. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say we definitely. It, it just looked like we were dominating the game. Now the score didn't result; it was zero zero at halftime, but it, it looked like we were winning or dominating the match. I would, I would agree that it definitely looked like we were in control. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna say something else about. It. Oh, while it's a hot topic too, I'm just gonna go ahead and give you my take on the U.S equal pay thing. So I guess I've never stated it correctly. I do think they should get paid equally. And that means when they play friendlies, they should get paid. So the men get paid win, lose, or tie. And at some point, this may have changed. The women used to only get paid for win and ties or just wins or something. First off, I don't think you should get paid for losses. <laughs> like pay, you can pay them while they're like in, so they call it camp when they're practicing with the international team and camp. But if they lose, I don't think they should get paid for that day. You lost. Don't get paid for that. And then, but on game days like that, now World Cup, obviously you're not going to get paid the same because the men's World Cup generates a crap ton more. 
than the women's. But they should be paid equal percentages of the payout. And that's just, I mean, that's just kind of the sucks to, like, that sucks. That the women don't make, the Women's World Cup doesn't make as much as the men. But as far as percentages go, as far as wins go, as far as tiles go, I think you should be paid the exact same amount. And then, yeah, if they're just getting paid for wins and ties, the women are probably going to get paid more anyway. <laughs> I think the men still like because of the way the payout worked, the World Cup payout, like, they still got paid. I, I mean, I'm sure they did. I'm 100 percent confident in that. Yeah, but and that that was probably me just joking about. Yeah, no. the women. The women are much much better. A lot better. It's it's you know it's different. Um, but what yeah, did you but, think about? Um. Is it Rapino? Is that how you say Rapino? Rapino. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I, I don't think a lot of people are like, "Oh, she was stomping on the flag." I don't think that's how she meant it. Well, she, sorry. But after what happened with her and you know not wanting to go to the White House, um, which is fine. That's her opinion. Um, I feel like that's not a good look. If you just throw the flag on the ground. And I think she was stomping for like a different reason. She was kind of just like jumping up and down in celebration. But a lot of people took it as she was stomping on the flag. So so I didn't see. Sorry, we're trying to. We're having a camera error, guys, as you can probably see. You can you should be able to still hear us. Um, but we are having a little bit of technical difficulties. Um as far as that goes, I don't really know. I didn't see that exact thing you're talking about, but um, so she was she knelt a while back, um, which I don't. If you're going to represent your country, um, that's your that's a choice you made. Don't force you to. I think you should be required to stand for the national anthem while you're if you're representing your country. Yeah. Um, now, when you're playing for club, whatever. I mean, that's up to you. I personally wouldn't do it, but. If you're not representing your country, I don't think you should be required to. Which, I mean, I guess that does still kind of go against the Constitution. But you're also, you're there representing the United States. It's very, very different, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, so that's probably why all that's coming from. And then, like you said, the White House statements. I mean, I, she's standing for up for what she believes in. But I think, yeah, I mean, she's not kneeling anymore. She only did it once. Um, so I don't necessarily have a problem with what she's doing anymore. I mean, do your thing. I don't necessarily agree or back her but i don't necessarily have a problem with it either i don't i haven't seen the video you're talking about so i'm not aware of that yeah i mean it looks like she was celebrating but she like put the flag on the ground which is like a big no-no anyway right to put the flag on the ground but it was flag on the ground and then she did like some celebration where she like was stomping or like chopping her feet or something interesting and it was just like mm, probably wouldn't have done that yeah that doesn't sound ideal or you know the right way to handle it but again without seeing it yeah i don't know so but yeah it definitely doesn't help that she's already had some yeah and and is is she happy that that she won or is she happy like the united states won or she or is she more happy about her team i think she's happy happy for her team she obviously loves to play for the united states yeah i mean and you can love to do that and not necessarily agree with everything that goes on here i mean Mm. that's that's the big thing right but yeah I, i don't i don't really have a like I said, I, I'm glad she isn't. She's no longer Neil, which I made a rule about it, which is a good rule in my opinion. Yeah. Um, because I don't feel like it. You're representing your country. It's a way different than someone who plays in the NFL. Um, which again, I mean, I'm not even saying whether I agree or disagree with it. I'm just saying when you represent your country, I feel like it's different. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. 
Um, Before we move on to of the weeks, Landon's got some somebody to tell you about. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to tell you about our friends at SeatGeek. Let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or show and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know you're let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot, great deal. Yellow dot, good deal. Red dot, not so good deal. Use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on the app. What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, live send event, we have the tickets. Go check them out, guys. SeatGeek's awesome. Can't wait to use them this football season. Super pumped to have them as a sponsor. Absolutely. I used them already, um, and I used them again. I am going to a concert in December. Oh, yeah, what concert? Luke Combs. Oh, that didn't surprise me. Luke Combs. I, I wasn't really into... I was very into country when I was little and haven't been as much. Uh-huh. But I like Luke Combs. I, I do too. I'm not a big... I mean, I like... Honestly, I could listen to any kind of music all day. Yeah. Uh, if you find around me, you kind of know that. But I like definitely like Luke Combs more than most country artists. Yeah. So, I will say that. He's just a dude being a dude. He's just a dude being a dude. That's absolutely true. And long neck, ice cold beers never broke my heart either. So I agree with what he has to say. <clears throat> I definitely agree. You got, you got me some most importance? I most do. Importance, most most importance. importance. Um. So most important. Sorry, guys, before we get in this, I'm working on the camera as we go, too. Um, I don't know what's <clears throat> happened to me. It's been working for, what, 50 minutes and then it quits on me? That's awesome. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's happened to me. Well, we got through most of it. Um, but 15 year old phenom, Coco Golf. Um, she has been eliminated from Wimbledon. Um, but she's the youngest to reach the main draw. She beat Venus, um, Williams. It was one of her childhood idols. And then she advanced to the round of 16 at Wimbledon. That's probably the biggest tennis stage there is. Um, and for a 15-year-old to make it that far, um, to beat the the top of talent she beat is, is just incredible. Excited to see where kind of her tennis career leads her. Um, she looks like maybe uh, maybe the Williams sisters will kind of pass the torch to her. Yeah, another sure. American to be doing it. That's yeah. awesome. Absolutely. Um, my first most important is – Another kind of different sport that we don't talk about on here, but Matthew Wolf, he hit a, he sunk. I mean, absolutely, no doubt about it, sunk a 26 foot putt for Eagle on 18 at the 3M Open. It was his first career win. He's only been on tour for like a month or something like that. Um, he also won an individual national championship at Oklahoma State this year, and he's one of only three players. It's Tiger Woods. I should have wrote it down the other guy to uh, to win a. Uh, PGA Tour event and a uh, national championship in the same year. So yeah, he's balling out. Huge, huge. I think I'm, do you have any more? That's all my most important. I think I got a late, late, late Actually, nominee. Let me check. I have one more. Okay, okay. Uh, the Tennessee Smokies. Oh no, oh that one. God, the Tennessee Smokies. Um, 
put the Betty Ross yeah. flag into their infield. Awesome move by them. Their PR social media guy did learn a lesson from that, though. Yes. He, he should have don't, done it differently. Don't create controversy when you don't need to. Yeah, just do just do it. Take a picture of it. That that's all you had to do. You didn't have to throw shade at anybody. You he didn't did. have to tag anybody, but you did. Um, and so you took a little bit of backlash from it. Yeah, not a bad not a bad move by the Smokies. It looked and it looked really good. Too. Yeah, it looked cool. So so many. Yeah, so many cool the, things. The happened. picture was like, oh sweet, they did that. That's cool. But then you're like, ah, oh, why did you say that with it? You didn't have to. Yeah. So, um, but sorry, I lost my thing. Uh, my next most important is we forgot to do this, so it's another most important. The Tennessee Vols, football Vols, announced their open date, open practice date on August 4th. Yeah, Sunday, band day, 2 30, right? It starts at 2 30. Is that's, that's too hot. I'm probably out. <laughs> and then the autographs are after that. Yeah, which is cool since they didn't do it at the uh, Spring game. Yeah, I think gates open at one thirty, um, and everything's free. So admission, parking, everything's free. So, I mean, I'll definitely probably attend, but if it's that hot, I'm probably not going to stay the whole time. I'll probably attend, but I'll probably get measured. Maybe we'll do a practice little tailgate. Football teams practice, maybe we'll practice. Yeah, I don't know. Sounds good to me. Might do that. We'll see. Um, fail week. Fell the week. Dude, I only had one coming into today, and then some people made some late pushes, and they were good late pushes. Nice. Yeah. So, my first one is um, a guy, I think he was a Braves fan. So, Bryce Harper hit a home run, and it was Bryce Harper's 200th career home run and a, a, thousandth, a, a thousandth career hit. And he threw it back. I'm just like, dude, that could have been a lot of money. Because if you would have messaged Bryce Harper and been like, hey, this is your 200 home run, 1,000th career hit, would you sign it for me? He probably would have. <laughs> but you threw it back onto the field. And he took it from a kid. He took it from a kid. Oof. Yeah. He really went for it there. Yeah. That's a fail. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, my first one is Shea Patterson. Did you see him? <laughs> yeah, I did see that. Shea Patterson tweeting from the wrong account. Thought he was tweeting from his burner account, I guess. Responded to someone. This is, I'm going to read it. Quote, Patterson is going to be the best QB in the conference. Field hasn't even snapped, Fields hasn't even snapped a, played a snap yet. That kid's so overrated. Shea would have won the Heisman last season if Harbaugh had let him call the plays. Tweeted from at Shea Patterson one, underscore one, with a check mark. <laughs> That man. And then his parent, or his family tried to say he got hacked. And I was like, do people hack you and say nice things about you? Yeah, no. That's like, I'm going to tweet from my account, like, Caleb is a handsome feller. Yep. And he's the strongest man alive. Man, and, I'm he sh- like, and he should have won the Hosman. Should have won the Hosman. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I got hacked today. I don't know what that dude was doing. Can you yeah. believe him? Butthole. <laughs> so, yeah, well, that's the new getting hacked right there. Yeah, that's, um, that's bad. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Um... My next fail. Oh, you got a bunch too. Okay. Yeah, I do have a couple. Um, the guy who put the Georgia hat on Pat Summit and made fun of her. Why would you do that? Like, I just don't understand. Like, no one's gonna Pat Summit's so different than any other statue that's that that that's been done to. 
Like, I don't think anybody in the SEC, except that guy, obviously, would think that's funny. Yeah. I mean, it. it's one thing to do it to Smokey. I don't really care. Like, if you want to say they're going to put a Georgia Bulldog, which they're not, but it's what he said. It, he was like, yeah, they're going to put a – Smokey's going to tuck his tail and run in a couple months. Like, that, I don't care. You, you're a weird dude, but whatever. <laughs> you're a weird dude. Um, I, I mean, don't make fun of, like, how somebody actually passed away. Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, and people have good points, which I was upset about this, too, like people pissing on the – um, Bear Bryant statue, like that's not cool. But like, good God, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so like, at least I was, I'm consistent. But yeah, I mean, it, it's not a huge deal. I just like, why would you do that? Like, it's so stupid. Yeah, it's just dumb. And you're doing it by yourself, which is weird, <laughs> anyway. Um, and the dude, like, he didn't look like he was a very smart feller, anyway. <laughs> um, I mean, his ears, like, the top of his ears pointed directly. East and West. <laughs> so uh, I didn't see the guy actually. So, so I mean, I, I feel bad for him in a way, but then you kind of put that on yourself to take some back. But he did apologize after. Did which, he? I missed that. Which is weird. Yeah. He was like, I didn't think it would be a big deal. First like, off, never, like, never, never admit guilt. <laughs> never apologize. And then never underestimate Tennessee ball fans. That's another thing. Like, why? Like, is. You're, no one's ever going to help you. Like, none of your fans are going to help you at that point. Yeah. There's not enough of them. Right. Compared to Baltimore. It was just bad. So, yeah. my needs to find him and kick his ass. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm not necessarily against that either. No, I'm not going to. I mean, I'm not. Violence. Gonna, I'm not going to say violence. I'm out. I'm out. I'm not going to do it, but if somebody else <laughs> wants to, I won't be mad. I won't be mad about <laughs> it. Um, my next fail is. I pull this up. Sorry, sorry. Bryce Harper was featured on the All Star Game banners, which you might be like, "Kill, that's not a big deal." But Bryce Harper isn't an All Star. <laughs> He's like dead center too. My man. How does that? Like, how does? And he's like, look, he's on two of them. It's not like it got passed on one. And even that, it's a huge ass banner. How would that get passed? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's terrible. It's pretty rough. Pretty rough. You got any more fails? I do. Um, actually, Florida. You were talking about Florida. Nice. Um, and how their offseason has been rough. Um, to put it in a little bit more detail, um, Florida's had four transfer in the 2019 class. Um, and in that 2019 class, it was their top-rated overall recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, for Chris Steele. Jalen Jones was their quarterback in that class. He's gone. And then they've had three that have yet to make it to campus. Um, so that's seven guys out of their 25 that they had signed. Um, seven of those have yet – will not contribute or have yet to contribute. So rough. And then they've had 11 decommitments in, the, in 2019. Uh, for the 2020 class and 2021 class, they've had 11 decommitments. Something's going on at Florida. It's been a rough go around for Dan Mullen and company this offseason. And somebody, I forget who pointed it out. I think it was Vol Recruiting 98. I think he pointed out, like, Butch Jones um, had early success. Good recruiting classes. A lot of those recruiting classes went to crap. <laughs> and a lot of people transferred out. And then... Florida hit rock bottom. 
or Tennessee at Rock Rock. Right. Is Dan Mullen on the same road? Road? Is he on that Old Town Road? He's not looking good right now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to put him on the Butch Jones. Yeah, yet, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see some on-the-field results from that. Right. But I think I think he I think Dan Mullen is a good recruiter. I think he showed that, but something's weird for people to just be transferring out like crazy like this. Right. I mean, and Tennessee went through it. There was we lost a lot of people. It was not ideal. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely not ideal. But yeah, I'm I'm not willing to put him on Bush Jones, Bush Jones yet. So, um, that's the only fails I've got though. I'm. That's all I've got as well. We've got guys. I'm sorry that I've been working on it the whole time, um, but we're almost done. So I'm just gonna give this bad boy up for the night. I'll have it fixed by Wednesday. I promise that. Or no, probably Thursday this week, right? That yeah, we decided we, on. We can go either either day. We'll, we'll let you know tomorrow. Tomorrow probably. Um, but we'll we'll be back and we'll have it fixed and you'll get to see my pretty ugly face. Um, but you can also listen to the podcast on iTunes. Google Play, armchairallamericans.com, Spotify, and many, many more. Just about anything you can listen YouTube. to a pod- YouTube. Yep. Anything you listen to a podcast on, you can listen. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, so definitely go check us out on that. Uh, anything else? That's all I've got. Um, hope you guys have a great week. Um, we will see you, like Caleb said, Wednesday or Thursday. And we're bringing the boat in. And we out.